City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. You're listening to the Hornets and Heartbreak Podcast on the All Hornets Podcast Network. One podcast feed with multiple shows, making sure we cover the Charlotte Hornets from every angle. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. The All Hornets Podcast is affiliated with the Fans First Sports Podcast Group. On today's episode, we are going to be covering New Year's resolutions for most of the players and also the coach, GM, and new owners. So stay tuned for some New Year's resolutions. Happy New Year. Hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Hornets and Heartbreak Podcast. My name is Mark Bernanke and I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What it do? Liquor Mark. Happy New um, Year. I'm doing pretty well, man. Tim has the flu, everybody. So uh, that, was, that was the funniest sounding uh, what to do liquor <laughs> mark I've ever heard. But uh, yeah, New Year, New Year's going well, man. It's New Year for the Hornets too. We're 500 in 2024 now, Tim. <laughs> oh man, yeah. As a, a wise man once said, 2024 is the Hornets' year, baby. <laughs> For the record, I I posted that on Instagram at halftime of the Nuggets game. It was it was a joke. I said, I said 2024 is our year. It was sarcasm. If anybody is, saw that on Instagram, it was not real. Uh, yeah, the Hornets are still very bad. Uh, we lost 11 games in a row. Finally, finally got a win last night against the Kings. That game was West Coast a West Coast game. It was at 10 o'clock. I was asleep by 10:45. I haven't watched it yet. Um, but Tim, what were your takeaways from the the breaking of the curse of uh, Mark Williams? Nobody beats the Hornets twelve times in a row. Um, <laughs> my my main takeaway is um, I I really <laughs> with Miller out, I was super pumped to see my man Monk. I thought that we were going to get a classic Monk gasm, little throwback. But he had six points. Um, it's that ever since you made a very reasonable, rational claim about Terry Rozier um, just not being the guy to step up, he's been awesome. <laughs> we did just say that we had lost 11 in a row, so it's not like he was that awesome. But um, the game was good. Nick Richards, you know, he's been, he's been contributing, which that's how you know that it wasn't that exciting. But um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much I, I agree with Terry Rozier. I wish that we could play the Sacramento Kings. 82 times a year man we always just have like classic barn burner games mm-hmm. yeah no i'm excited i'm excited to watch it um but yeah let's get into the theme of this this podcast tim it's a new year like we said 2024 and we're gonna be doing uh new year's resolutions for all of the hornets players on the team they actually mailed this to us they emailed it to us all their resolutions and we're just reading them for you guys on today's episode <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, hit with the first one, Mark. All right, no, yeah, so no, these are these are ones that I, I came up with uh, yesterday prior to the Kings game. I don't know if that would affect anything. But, uh, yeah, I came up with something for every single player. Uh, and I, the first one's going to be really brief. LaMelo Ball, uh, get healthy, don't come back too early. That's that's his New Year's resolution. Just get healthy. Uh, this, year, this year is not going anywhere. LaMelo playing the last half of the season is not going to – make us a playing team um or eight eight and 23 is that right eight and 23 with with a bullet yep (laughs) okay okay it's 
hard, hard to keep track these days. It was seven and something for a while. Um, so it that, was one and oh at one point, man. Those were really high times against the Hawks. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, that's like all I have to say. If you have anything else to add, I mean, we talked about this on our episode uh, right after Lamelo's injury in, in late November. But yeah, I mean, I'm like happy that he's that he's taking this time with this recovery. It doesn't sound like he's going to be back anytime soon. Maybe like February, he'll be back. Um, but yeah, there's there's absolutely no reason to rush it. And uh, I'm glad that the team's taking a sort of more cautious approach, it seems. <sighs> yeah, I mean, for the long-term med school, I, mean, I guess if you are paying someone again who rightfully deserves the money, a quarter of a billion dollars, you probably want them to just be healthy. Uh, yeah, we talked about the ankle braces thing. Uh, my throat is already sore, but I could definitely yell about that for another 45 minutes. Um, I do like, I mean, uh, James, uh, James Plowright, you know, obviously a co-worker, um, had pointed out that, you know, the Hornets actually do have, like, our training staff is rated, like, fourth by some metric. Um, you know, I'm not deep into the PER of training staffs. But um, that man, it's it, it is frustrating a little bit that Lamelo messed up his ankle in late November, and there's not really any updates unless um Rod Boone posts like a shooting video. But that is kind of crazy, and the fact that Mark Williams, I don't want to step on any other segments, but how is it possible? I'm no statistician. Um, how has Mark Williams been doubtful for twelve straight games? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't doesn't really add up, and we we actually are going to talk about Mark Williams later. So, uh, Lamelo, get healthy, don't come back too early. We can talk about like actual basketball stuff when he when he does get come back. Um, but I just want to throw that one in at the top because that's the one that everyone's thinking about is when is when is Melo going to get back? Terry Rozier. There are three Hornets players, Tim, that have a positive box plus minus that have logged more than fifty minutes this year. Lamelo Ball is number one, plus three point three. Terry number two at plus one point eight. Uh, Do you want to guess who's number three? I'm gonna guess Nick Richards. The only th- only other player. Oh, okay. okay, yeah. It's Mark Williams. It's Mark Williams, plus point four. Um, Over. So I, I was pouring through Terry's statistical profile yesterday, and I found it very hard to fault Terry for like literally anything he's done this year statistically. He's having the best year of his career, averaging 23-7. and seven. That was before last night, so it's probably even higher. My New Year's resolution for Terry is just, like, keep this up. Like, like keep up doing what you're doing. Uh, and if you do, then you might get traded to a real team at the deadline. <laughs> yeah, I would say, yeah, my New Year's resolution is um, hire a real estate agent, man. You know, just get on Zillow, look around. <laughs> Don't be afraid to ask Mitch Kupchak for a trade. I'm sure Mitch Kupchak's already looking at houses for his, you know, retirement plan. Um, but yeah, no, yeah as, as you said, yeah, it's not it's not Terry's fault. Terry has been awesome. Little did we know that um, we just needed Cody Martin to come back to actually win a game. <laughs> yeah, no, ter- Terry's been completely awesome. I mean, he had that game, like, literally right after I said that he was going to be terrible against the Nets, where he had 30-something and 13 <laughs> Uh, yeah I, I mean he's been balling i think it's still the case that terry rogier cannot be the engine of a playoff offense we see that every night but like it's just not his fault at all uh his shooting numbers are great 
his his efficiency numbers are great. His assists are like way up. Like this is like his best passing year ever. Um, and yeah, I think it, it is very good for the Hornets that he's playing this well. If we decide to keep him, or if we make a move, like teams are actually going to call about Terry Rozier. This isn't this isn't like a Kelly Oubre twenty points a game. This is a this is a real twenty three points a game on efficient shooting um, that I think a playoff team would would like to have. Yeah, no, like Terry Rozier is definitely you know, like I. I laugh when, you know, I see, like, the stuff about the Nets today. They're like, we're going to build around Mikel Bridges. And I'm like, wow, man, what freaking idiots. And then I'm like, man, I really hope Terry Rozier drops 34 points tonight. <laughs> so it's like, can entirely point fingers, at, you know, building around guys that are clearly not stars. But, man, he's good. You know, like, I mean, he's he's no doubt, you know, other than, like, draft position. I mean, he's, he's better. He's been better almost every year than D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. It's some asset from him. No, yeah, and, and he's been awesome. And, I mean, you see the trades floating around, like, Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward for Zach Levine and X-Player. It's like, all right, I don't, I don't know if they would do that. But but he de- does have some sort of value. We can either get some picks for him or, you know, why he's, he's a player that could be traded for something very real. Um, and not saying I'm necessarily rooting for that, but – it's just good for us that a player on our team has this value. Um, yeah. Okay. Miles Bridges. His New Year's resolution should be to dunk more, Tim. He only has 19 dunk attempts in 20 games for a career low dunk attempt rate of 6%. Known as one of the best dunkers in the league. Not only is it exciting when he dunks, Tim, but it adds to his game. I think it's partially due to the uh, lineup around him. I'm going to say that nicely. Yeah, line up around him, lack of spacing around him. But, yeah, I think it would be pretty cool if he could dunk more. Um, this is, like I said, his least amount of dunk attempts uh, in his career. And, you know, he's not – it's not like he's gotten old, like super old. He still should have the legs to be able to do it. Um, and I think that's just been missing from his game. Yeah, I think this is this is hearkening back to our second podcast ever. Uh-huh. Where we were like, it is kind of suspiciously low dunk attempts, yeah, for someone that is known um, as a great dunker. And, yeah, I mean, really all around the board, his efficiency is just uh, – it's been down. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Like, yeah, I know that him and Mello clearly have, like – they are, like, a boosting um, duo yeah. where they do seem to play better with each other. But, yeah, I mean, I get that, you know, Nick Richards isn't providing spacing. Yeah, and it's not his fault. He's played well you know, given what is asked. But, yeah, you would like to see Miles get to the basket a little more, finish those dunks. And, like, it sounds simplistic, but a layup in the NBA is still only, you know, I think, like, it's 62%. A dunk is, like, closer to, like, 89, 92. It's like, it is just a more efficient shot. Not only does it look cooler, but, yeah, you're you're right. Yeah, you want to see him get that bounce. Um, do you think Miles is going to finish the year with the Hornets? It's a good question. Let's save that for our uh, New Year's resolution for Mitch Kupchak. All right. Yeah. Thank you for being a proper producer and host. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do in 2024, dude. I'm trying to step up my, <laughs> my production game. All right, Brandon Miller. So for him, I have do more with the ball. Tim, I want you to take a guess at the percentage of his threes that are assisted. Um, I would say like 
85 percent 97 percent uh and 58 percent of his twos are assisted so on the one hand he plays like within the offense on the other hand we need him to be the best player on this team um and that's asking a lot of a rookie but but that's what needs to happen for this to like go well he needs to be not just third and rookie of the year but like pushing pushing the boundaries of like Chet Holmgren and Victor Wembanyama which he's not not quite doing so I, I want to see him like take more control and just try to do more offensively he only has 2.2 assists per game which is mad low for somebody who plays like 30 minutes a game and tw- a decent usage of like 21 percent but not 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 for a player who's going to be ever the best player on a team like Lamelo in his rookie year was already at like 25 percent so um yeah he needs to do do more offensively and just be you know a little bit more cocky a little bit more ball dominant um you want him, you want him to be you want him to be a little bit of an asshole yep yep exactly exactly i'd take a little drop in efficiency for 20 points a game i'd do it it's like um something that kevin durant's always been cowardly not because he went to the warriors but because kevin durant was afraid to get up 34 shots in the game if it meant that his efficiency would go down. He'd like rather be 12 of 15 than 14 of 25. And Miller's there. And it's, I think it's like an underrated part. You know, obviously it was a big jump for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Um, but it really is just cleaning up the handle. Because right now, Miller pretty much needs a screen to get space. He can, his, like his triple threat game is good. But he's never just like breaking anyone down off the dribble and getting, uh, you know, getting to his spots. But yeah, he's got to clean it up. Something to look forward to. And yeah, man, get up, get up twenty eight shots in a game. Yeah. You know, playing the Suns, who cares? Man, just go twelve to twenty eight. You know, he's just consistently between twelve and eighteen shots every game, which again, it's not a bad thing. And Chad Holmgren is a total coward and not a real rookie. Um, I think the NBA does should do something about that. I know it only comes around like once every five years. But, yeah, I mean, Chad Holmgren's not – it's not the same. I think you just hit the uh, nail on the head with the comment about, like, he needs a screen to get space. Like, if he does dribble, it's, like, one dribble and then he shoots. Like, he, he really just doesn't dribble that much. Or he's dribbling directly to the rim, right? He's not He's not taking anybody off the dribble. He's not, like – if he's getting a screen, he's not like driving and kicking. It's like it's like there are like three actions for him. It's it's layup slash dunk, mid range shot, or shoot shoot an open three. And that's like that's cool. But and it was sick that he's been like that since night one. But he needs to add like some more to his game, um, for sure, and be be a little bit more of a, be more a little bit more of an asshole, like you said. Um, all right, Gordon Hayward. We're kind of going down in like points per game order, by the way. I don't know if you picked up on that. Um, but Gordon Hayward, I got take more threes. He's putting up the lowest points per game he has had in five years. And it's mostly, I think, due to shot selection. He's only taking 2.4 threes per game out of 12 field goals attempted uh, for a three-point attempt rate of only 20% of his shots. That's a career low for him, like by a wide margin. Um, so I'm not really sure what's up with that. He should be more a more three willing three point shooter. He's like older. You would think that he would be like catering more towards shooting than than trying to do other things. Um, and he's not, he's not having a great year. He's having a down year from last year, or the year before for sure. 
And I think the way for him to kind of get back to it, at least from a statistical perspective, is bump that 2.4 up to four threes per game and take take more of them. He's not a bad three-point shooter. Yeah, I, I still can think because, you know, he went to Gonzaga, he was with the Brad Stevens teams, then he went to Utah. I think people kind of assumed that Gordon Hayward was like a little bit more of a shooter, but he really, before that ankle injury, was like a, a very comparable, like good slasher. Yeah. And he's never, I mean, his percentage is what, since he got to the Hornet, I think like his lowest is like 36%. He's good, but yeah, he's never been one of those guys. It's like, oh, Gordon Hayward had 12 threes tonight. No. It's always just like, oh, he went four for seven. Oh, he went one of five. Like he's, he's not a bomber, but yeah, I would, I would like if he did that. Um, did you see his, um, his comments about chess? <laughs> no. Also, I want to say that they're like, I agree with you. He's never, that's never been like the biggest part of his game, but 20% of threes in today's NBA for, for a small forward is, is too, too low. Only 20% of your shots from three is that you can't do that. So, um, yeah, but no, I didn't see his comment about chess. Um, he said that he got in, I, I believe it was like 355 games last year. What, uh, what are your thoughts on that? It's more, it's more games on chess.com than I had. I'm a Lee chess guy myself, dude. Lee chess. <laughs> <laughs> would you, um, would you be intimidated if, uh, if you saw Gordon Hayward across the table from you? <laughs> no, no, dude. I would, I would, I would, that's the answer I was hoping for. Yeah, no, you. He would be intimidated. It would be a very weird moment. <laughs> I mean, he would be like, oh, shit, I'm playing at NM. And then, yeah. And then, I mean, he could challenge me to one-on-one afterwards. It'd be a different story. But we're talking about chess. Chess, not uh, not basketball, Grant Williams. All right, PJ Washington. <laughs> of course. Oh, come on. Just just answer for the crowd. Uh, let's say out of 100 times, how many times would you beat Gordon Hayward? He's not going to hear it. And if he does, what, what's he going to fucking do about it? 100. 100. You, oh, I love it. All right. All right. On to, um, I was going to say Grant Williams. On to Nick Richards. Uh, all right. PJ Washington. So for him, I've got, he needs to either find his shot again. Yeah, this is a, this could go two ways for him or shoot less because he's averaging 12 shots per game and is having a terrible year efficiency wise 31% from three and below 50% effective field goal percentage. You know, he just got paid and he's gotten a lot worse. So not great. This is like sneaky. The one of like the least talked about things is like, why are the Hornets doing so bad? It's like BJ Washington used to be like 39% from three. Uh, and he's not that anymore. Below 50% effective oil percentage is really bad. Um, That's We call that Michael Carter-Williams territory. Yeah, and like he, you know, the signing made sense, and I think it still makes sense, but not if he's going to do this. Like, he either needs to take a back seat and put up eight shots per game. Again, it's like the opposite of what Brandon Miller needs to do, right? Like, he shouldn't be putting up that many shots if he's, if he's just shooting, like, terribly. Um, and... Fill the void, fill like more of a role of what he was doing like two, three years ago. Go back to that or get a lot better. <laughs> like, I, I don't really care which one it is, but there's too much PJ Washington right now for, and he's doing too poorly. Yeah, I think it's the um, kind of the unspoken thing that Hornets fans didn't want to bring up. It's like, 
he is just kind of what the average like number 13 pick is where kind of hope that he would pick some things up and add to his game but he's just this generation's uh jay crowder yeah but but right now he's worse than jay crowder <laughs> but he's like jay crowder in utah uh, before like once he got once he got the boot from cleveland he killed it in boston and utah then he was good with miami and he was good with the suns for like six months i just think that yeah jay is one of those guys that's He's just better in theory than in practice, mm-hmm. where in your head, you're like, oh, man, you know, 6'8", great, great wingspan, you know, he could play some backup center, he could guard a three if you really need it, if he's not like a speedster, and then what it really comes down to is he goes 5 of 12, and you're like, nah, didn't really do anything. He missed three wide open passes and kind of got beat up on defense. Yeah, he is labeled as like a 3 and D player, and like, is he that good at defense? And now, is he a good three-point shooter? You know? So, uh, not really sure what he's adding so far this year. Um, I, he had, like, some game early on where I was like, dang, PJ's made the leap. But, nope. And remember remember we had our podcast, like, is this player going to keep this up? Um, and it was like he was averaging 18 points per game. The answer was no. <laughs> he, did not, he did not keep yeah. that up. He's one of those guys that is definitely like, I want to play Sacramento every night or – yeah, we should hypnotize him off his face style and make him think it's the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, pretty meh. He's just a super uninspiring player, and he's somehow going to retire with like the third most points in Hornets history, and we'll never have a conversation about him once he retires. Did you see the Terry Rogers in top one hundred of three pointers made? <laughs> yeah, man, we gotta we gotta blow it up, man. It's just not real. <laughs> okay. All right, Mark Williams, uh, same thing as LaMelo, get healthy. His last game was against Toronto on December 8th, and I wrote this yesterday. I said the team hasn't won since. We won last night. Uh, He has a lower back contusion. Doesn't seem like it should take this long to return from, Tim, but uh, no need to rush him back. He just returned to practice but doesn't feel right yet and isn't close to returning to action, according to Rob Boone. It's just like, I know that these guys are working hard, the players and the staff, but it really does just seem at a certain point, like, like the players go to the staff and they're like, man, my back is really fucked up. And they're like, damn, man, that's crazy. <laughs> this team has been so injured. Like, not, not, not only are we bad, but so injured. Like, the three young players that you want to tune into the Hornets to watch are LaMelo Ball, Brandon Miller, and Mark Williams. None of them have been playing. <laughs> it's been terrible. <laughs> it, it's so wild that as soon as Kemba Walker went from playing 38 minutes a night all the time, when he left us to the Celtics, which had a good track history, and then his knees exploded. Yeah. It's like, what was possibly going on there? Yeah. Yeah, anyways. I mean, yeah, I hope he, I hope he gets back soon. I do think he'll be back, I'd say, January 15th. We'll see some Mark Williams. Um, give him a couple more weeks. He'll get, up, he'll get moved to questionable. Yeah, he'll get moved up to questionable for 13 games, and then he'll come back. All right. <laughs> Nick Richards, the other center on this team, uh, actually having a pretty nice season, Tim, from a numbers standpoint. Everybody else, I've had something something to say that they're doing wrong. I can't really complain that much about Nick Richards. Second best defensive plus minus on the team behind Cody Martin, who's only played like five games. Uh, most blocks per game, highest field goal percentage, 
second best win shares per 48 minutes on the team. So that was a bunch of nerdy shit, but basically what it means is analytically, Nick Richards is pretty good. Um, the one thing I'll say is that he should uh, consider or he should like continue to uh, work on his ball control and not dribbling. Uh, he has a 13.1% turnover percentage, which is not good for somebody who doesn't touch the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always been his issue. What is it? Um, at Kentucky, as like a 28-year-old, seven assists to 49 turnovers to 48 turnovers. Yeah, he just he he has like legitimate butterfingers mm. where he does just. It's not like one of those things where he tries to make a, a super ambitious read. It's like, nah, man, the ball just slips out of his hands, or he just like throws it right <laughs> to the other team on an inbound he just has these turnovers that you're kind of like man what the fuck is going on yeah yeah but let's not forget about all the good stuff i said offensive rebounding he gets to the line a lot um the, yeah the only the only thing is like don't turn the ball over and like i could say oh he doesn't space the floor but okay we never expect nick richards to be a floor but yeah he, he was the 43rd pick he beat out big Vern. Black hole Vernon Carey. And yeah, man, he, he's been like an undeniably a success yeah. story for, you know, an older drafted player in the second round. I mean, he's been better than you could hope for. And I do genuinely, you know, 10 years from now, I will have more fond memories of Nick Richards than PJ Washington. <laughs> Damn, dude. Damn, bro. I, I like Nick Richards, man. I think that we should still play him in the summer league. I like when he was 26 playing in summer league. Let's just keep it rolling, man. I like Nick. This podcast is brought to you by AllHornets.com, a credentialed Charlotte Hornets outlet powered by Sports Illustrated. AllHornets.com's aim is to bring you 360-degree coverage on all things Charlotte Hornets. From breaking news, rumors, fan Q&As, and in-depth analysis, AllHornets.com covers it all, and nobody does it better. All right, Bryce McGowan's. So, uh, same thing as Brandon Miller, but, like, I don't know if I actually want to see this. Um, where, like, he's actually pretty efficient, 59% true shooting, 40% from three, but on extremely low volume. He has a 12% usage rate, which is, like, abysmal for a guard. Um, 11 points per 36 minutes. I'll let that go through y'all's head. That's 11 points per 36 minutes. So if somebody's going to put up so few shots and contribute so little on offense, then they have to be like an absolute hound on defense like Cody Martin. Uh, he often shies away from like semi-contested threes and needs to be taking them. I would just say that like he's got to be a little bit more confident. Like he, he needs to try to do a little bit more on offense. Yeah, because that was, that was his deal at Ohio State. It's like, man, he's a guy that like, you know, he's got good size, can, you know, solid athleticism, can create his own shot. And, yeah, man, he's extremely passive. He needs to have the same confidence that, like, Teo Maladon or Frankie Smokes had in the preseason. Like, man, just throw up those semi-contested threes. Like, that is literally what you are out there for. Yeah. Yeah, and he's shooting, again, he's shooting 40% on three. Really low volume, but, like, yeah, like, we, we would like for you to shoot the ball more, Bryce. Like, yeah, shoot shoot thirty six percent from three and get up another you know one and a half. Game. Exactly, exactly. All right, Nick Smith Jr. Um, my favorite player maybe on this team right now that's, that's actually playing forty eight percent from three, which is which is dope. Uh, but he has two total free throw attempts this season, Tim. 
in 17 games and is uh, shooting 42% on twos. He's 40% at the rim. So, yeah, uh, got to add that to his game. What I mean is uh, driving and, and making baskets that are not, you know, from 25 feet away. <laughs> yeah, somewhere Brad Stevens is like, man, we got to get this guy on the squad. It's like, man, he never goes to the hoop. But, yeah, that is um, that is staggering. Mm. Their attempts at a game, like, or two, two free throws attempts on the year, like, you kind of could just, if you're on, on the floor that many minutes, what is it, uh, 220? Yeah. It's like, man, you just kind of by happenstance get 10 free throws. Yeah. Even just stand. Yeah, again, it's not two free throw attempts per game. It's two free throw attempts <laughs> in the season. <laughs> that is fucking crazy. <laughs> Great. And that, but, you know, I mean, at least, you know, like, we, we keep joking that, like, you know, well, I mean, if he could shoot 75% from three for the entire year, then, man, he will be pretty good. But, yeah, man, he's, um, I joked, I joked, um, you know, ever since the Summer League, he got, he's got some CJ McCollum stank to him, man. I mean, he is pretty money for mid-range. I think he can actually create separation on the perimeter, but, yeah, his legs, you know, I know, like, the knee injury is the reason that he kind of fell to us for the 27th pick, but... Yeah, man, like, you know, he, he's got some he's got some bursts on the uh, perimeter. He just can't get to the rim, man. He just can't get past his man. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's got to add that. All right, last person, Ish Smith. Um, I think I forgot Cody Martin. That's okay. Ish Smith, he has a minus 6.4 box plus minus. The only players with a worse one are Amari Bailey, Nathan Mensa, and your boy, Teo Maladon. He is better than Maladon, Tim. But he can't shoot threes. He has the highest turnover percentage on the team. He's 35. My New Year's resolution for Ish Smith is to retire this offseason. He got that he got that ring two days ago. Almost damn shed a yeah, tear. Beautiful. Around him. I was like, man, what a well-deserved thing. But you are correct. On, on a team that truly has been ambition. Um, there's only so many times that Ish Smith can beat his man off the dribble, drive him to the paint, do a Steve Nash U-turn, and then pull up for a contested 13-footer with 18 seconds on the clock. I love the man, but yeah, it seems as though his time has come to a close. Yeah, he was way better two years ago for us. Like, like in, I didn't even like him that much then, but he was way better two years ago. He he is 35 years old. You know, he's most players don't play at this point in their career. Um, and it was a bold move of us to, to sign him as our backup point guard, um, instead of anybody else. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I enjoy Ish Smith for what he is. Like I, I enjoyed the hot streaks two years ago. Um, when he was balling, you know, he is better than Teo Maladon. He is better than who are some other backup point guards. What's, let's say, is there someone you're forgetting? Maybe by the initials of ES? <laughs> Who he who shall not be named on this podcast. Uh yeah, but time time to retire, I think. All right. Last up, or sorry, last up we got we got the uh ownership GM and coach. So for Mitch Kupchak, Tim, I have make trades. The Hornets have not been known to uh ever trade during the season. But we have Gordon Hayward on an expiring contract that has value in the NBA. 
Um, teams will take that on to get rid of like a, another long-term deal. Miles Bridges on an extremely affordable contract. A team would sign him thinking that they can sign him long-term. Also, the Hornets like potentially, I mean, we don't really know, but we only gave him the qualifying offer this offseason. We might not want anything to do with him in the long term, so like, don't let him walk for nothing. <laughs> the next, the next one's kind of funny. James Booknight. I think somebody would bite. I think somebody would bite Tim for a second round pick. Round up another second round pick for James Booknight. Uh, you know, you went eleventh in the draft. Like somebody will will throw something for him. And then uh, Terry Rozier. We could also trade him to a contender for a pretty large haul. I think it's time. It's time to do something, Mitch. Uh, don't let all of these things just wait until the off season. Like James Booknight, Miles, and Gordon are all on the last year of their deal. Miles Bridges being a one year deal, but the last year of their deal. Like, do something about that. Don't just let them go away. Yeah, and we we say this because you know Cupcheck has been around to the point where he didn't he didn't trade Kemba at the deadline, even though it was like well known that Kemba was not going to stay. Didn't trade Ubre. Didn't trade Miller the first time. Um, Didn't trade Malik Monk. Just let him walk to the Lakers. And that's where we come back around. And so my theory is, um, and this is, uh, Bill Simmons is the first person that pointed this out, who I think he's wrong about most things, but he does understand the trade machine. And he was kind of banking on the Lakers acquiring Kyrie Irving but now with the Mavericks doing a little better and Kyrie being Kyrie, I mean, maybe a Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges package for an expiring D'Angelo Russell and the 29 and 31 first round picks. I would do that. Ah, e- e- oh, dude, 29 and 2031. 2029 and 2031, Tim. You know, Miles Bridges might be halfway through a prison sentence at that point. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh I don't I don't know about that one. I think there's something better you could do than that. And yeah, I will I will admit where I'm not um I I just have a really hard time with, with um creating trades. Um I'm always I always feel like I'm like a little bit off, but I was so I just always assume Whatever I think is a good trade, take off 25%. That's why I didn't add in, like, uh, Vanderbilt. So I'm like, ah, I do that. But I'm just thinking those seem like the two guys where it'd be the move. Gordon Hayward is just, like, a tough salary to trade at 30 million. Gordon Hayward for Zach Levine straight up, dude. Who says no? Um, if we could just convince Zach Zach Levine that he's playing the Hornets every time, yeah, I think he'd kick ass. <laughs> he, he kills us, but, but um, that was that was a joke. What? Everybody I mean, who's listening, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the Bulls would say no. How about uh Kobe White really coming through and just uh, tearing it up yeah. lately? Cool story. We'll do we'll do a trade machine podcast at some point, maybe a little bit closer to February. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that like that, that should be his new year's resolution, like to figure out what we want to do to have a plan and not to just let these players walk. Steve Clifford. Um, we have the worst defense in the league. He's supposed to be a defensive coach. Let's, let's make that top 15. 
in, from January on. Let's let's turn that around. Let's get let's get a defense out there that can do something. Again, he's supposed to be a defensive coach. This defense is worse than than James Borrego. Obviously, we've been hurt and we've had a lack of talent, but like there is no system defensively. Um, and yeah, let's let's turn it around. You think Steve Clifford was like, damn, dude, I was really banking on having like my third heart attack as an NBA coach. He's like, man, why am I still just stuck here in January? Really thought I'd have some time off. Yeah, man, it's been it's been rough for Clifford. Like, I I do think he's probably partially to blame for how bad the Hornets have been for the past two years, but the amount of injuries and just shit going on with this team, it's not really his fault. Um yeah, so I, I do feel bad for him. Like, he's just getting – he's just racking up a worse win-loss percentage over these past two seasons, and he hasn't really had anything to do with it. No, yeah, I don't think that anyone, you know, could have could have fixed this. I'm sure that Kenny Atkinson is in Golden State right now being like, damn, like, thank you, God. <laughs> Off to that offer, he's like, man, I would never get another head coaching job. And yeah, I really don't think it's Clifford's fault, but I would say, what would you give the odds that Clifford is the head coach um, of a team again? Oh, dude. Oh, that's tough. Like, 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 like including next 20? year? I'm assuming that his, because con- we have a team option on his contract, I'm assuming that, you know, Cupcheck will get the boot, you know, really just like they'll let him retire um, out of respect. I feel like that probably was a wink-wink deal with Jordan. Otherwise, I would assume that they would have done it already. But, yeah, assuming that, yeah, Clifford is uh, gone in June and Cupcheck's gone in June, do you think Clifford will ever be, like, head no, coach again? No, I think it's again? a plus odds. you got to get plus yeah. odds for him to be a coach again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I mean, not something crazy, but, like, two to one or something. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, you know, I'm sure that Cupcheck will go on. He'll start another dynasty. Well... That brings us to our last New Year's resolution. That's for the uh, new ownership group. Hire a new GM and new coach. Um, you know, I, I mentioned Steve Clifford should turn around the defense, Mitch Kupchak, make some trades. But what they need to do, like, it's time to just completely reset. Like, complete, complete reset, new GM, new coach, make some trades. You know, get get rid of Gordon Hayward's expiring contract. Don't, don't resign him. Um, all the other stuff I can kind of – kind of take or take or give but gordon hayward specifically like please don't let him walk for just nothing it is it is an expiring deal somebody will take it on for something yeah i do feel like for a contending team if you're like all right you know pretty much have to overpay for half a season and then you know you even if he's like a seventh man i mean like would you take him for the like 42nd pick in the draft I know that's not like I. Don't really I mean, have yeah. I mean, yeah. Like we would, we should take him for anything. Fifty ninth pick. Assuming <laughs> that salary matching. No, because that's just embarrassing. <laughs> we can do. We can do better than that. We can. We can get. We can get an early. We can get yeah, a really? late first. I don't think so. I hope so. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Um. I think. I think for like. The threshold of someone was like a hundred thousand dollars, and like you said, we're in this poor fuck is stuck in there. I'd be like, okay. Yeah. So the the concept of the show is like 
yourself when you're not at work doesn't remember anything from work and yourself at work only remembers working. So yourself at work, like your life sucks if you're just only working. Um, but your other self like has a, has a grand all time. I don't, I don't think I would do it, but, uh, yeah, and it does, does make you think a little bit. does make you think. All right, Tim. Uh, it's been real. All right. Well, peace. Be safe out there. Liquor Mark. Yeah.